Shalom, dear listeners, and welcome to our ninth podcast in the weekly series, Worship Insights Through the Bible. Now, normally I begin with the names found in the book that we are now looking at. And in the book of Leviticus, there are only three names mentioned. The first two, Elohim and Yahweh, we have already dealt with. Elohim, you can find in podcast one, and Yahweh in podcast two. So that now leaves us with one other name of God found in Leviticus, and that is the name Hashem, which means the name. Shem is the Hebrew word for name. The Ha before it is the definite article, thus the name. God's name is associated with his glory, power, holiness, protection, trust, and love. To call on his name is to call on his presence. To act in his name is to act with his authority. To fight in his name is to fight with his power. To pray in his name is to pray to him. In fact, the very first mention of prayer in the Bible appears in Genesis 4, verse 26. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Jesus also taught his disciples to pray by saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And of course, he also promised to do whatever we ask in his name. Philippians 2 verse 9 to 10 affirms that God has exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every other name. And so to give you a, a broader understanding and open now more about Jesus, I want to look at the book of Leviticus in quite some detail. And we're going to begin with the First seven chapters talking about the offerings, the sacrificial system. And you might be thinking, oh, how boring. Well, each and every sacrifice points to our Savior, Yeshua. And today we're going to look at the introduction, and then I'm going to break them down one by one. And I'm sure you will be just as excited as I was when you start to see how each and every sacrifice points to Yeshua who fulfilled each and every one in detail. Now to begin with, let's have a look at the book of Leviticus. Well, what does it consist of? This is a book of instructions for the Levites on how to lead Israel in worship that is pleasing and acceptable to the Lord. It's also a book of instruction on holy living. And of course, one of the main themes that runs throughout Leviticus is holiness. Now, up until this point, Israel has been exposed only to pagan rituals and polytheism, which they were while they were in Egypt. And of course, we can see evidence of this in their wilderness wanderings when they worshipped the golden calf. Now, for the first time in their history, they now have a set of well-defined sacrifices that they can now offer up. 
even though they had been offering sacrifices ever since the time of Cain and Abel. These sacrifices fall into five categories. There's the burnt offering, the grain offering, the peace offering, the sin offering, and of course the trespass offering. And these offerings were forms of worship to God to give expression of the penitent and the thankful heart, and also to build a relationship with God. Now each sacrifice comprised of active participation from each offerer. It was a daily practice. You had to bring your best. And of course, the offering went up through fire. It was burnt. Now, to actively participate, remember this, each offerer has to bring his own offering. And that is an important lesson for us to remember. We cannot appoint somebody else to worship on our behalf. We have to come before God ourselves. The sacrifice that occurred daily. Now, some sacrifices were a daily occurrence. Others were additions when they had their special feast days, for example. They would have additional sacrifices that were already added to the daily sacrifice. This is also an important lesson to us. We don't just offer up our worship once a week or twice a week. But it is necessary for us to come before him on a daily basis to worship him. The worshippers had to also bring only the best, the best livestock. The grain had to be fine. The oil had to be pure. The frankincense had to be costly. Now, that also indicates that when we come before God, we are to bring our best before God. Whether it is a spiritual offering, whether it is material, we don't just give our second best. Everything must be the finest. And then, of course, it had to be burnt. So in the case of the burnt grain and peace offerings, we'll often see the reference made to the sacrifice being an offering made by fire and being a sweet aroma to the Lord. Now our worship needs to be kindled by the Holy Spirit to be a sweet aroma before God. And we find the same symbolism in the golden altar of incense in the tabernacle where the incense had to be kindled by God's eternal fire from the brazen altar in order to set free those beautiful fragrances of the incense on the altar. In fact, Psalm 141 verse 2 says, Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, what was common to all these offerings? Well, we'll find that each offering had the offering itself. There was a priest involved. There was the offerer. And then, of course, there was the altar. Now, before continuing with the sacrifices, it's so important to understand the difference between type and anti-type. A type 
is best defined as a historical person, event, or object, which as designed by God has an essential feature which corresponds to another person, event, or object yet in the future. And of course, the antitype will be that which is fulfilled in the future that related to something back in the Old Testament. So, for example, when we look at Joseph and the story of Joseph, Joseph is a type of Jesus. And when we look at Jesus, who would be the antitype, you will see similarities there. And so look at the different characters and what is in their characters that point to Jesus. David is another perfect example. Um, Melchizedek, the priest, is a type of Jesus. Now let's have a look at how did Jesus fulfill these components. Well, first of all, as the offering, his body was his offering. In John 10 verse 18, we read, he willingly offered it. And here we see that he is the, die, he is the innocent victim bearing the sin and dying for it. He is also known as the priest. In Hebrews 9 verse 12, we read, As priest, Yeshua took his own blood into the holiest. Here he is in his role. He is our mediator. This type shows us Yeshua in his official position as the appointed mediator and intercessor. And this you can read in Hebrews 7 verse 25. He is also the offerer. As an offerer, we see him, man, under the law. Remember now he is man in this case, standing in as a substitute for us to fulfill all righteousness. In this type, we see Yeshua in his person. He is the one who became man to meet God's requirement. And in fact, in Hebrews 10 verse 5, he, we read, Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. And then, of course, Jesus himself was also an altar. He willingly presented his body on the altar. What was the altar? It was the cross to be offered for the sins of the world. Philippians 2 verse 8 says he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. In John 10 verse 18, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down by myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. So we can see the immense love of Jesus here for us, laying his life down for us. And as we begin to look at the different offerings themselves, we will see how each aspect was fulfilled and what it means to us as believers. 
So next week, we will begin to have a look at the burnt offering. And in the meantime, you can go and read all about the burnt offering in Leviticus chapter 1. So until next time, God bless you.